And we're back. This is Sebastian Mirabocelli. I'm your multimedia editor and your host for Gator Talk, a Golden Gate Express podcast that brings news to FC State students. This is one of three episodes of a triple header this week. For more information and coverage, check out thegoldengateexpress.org or at Gator Talk Pod on all social media platforms. So here's a quick preview of the show. I'll kick it off with a news brief with news that matters to San Francisco State students. We're heading to the main story featuring a special guest, Brendan Tushinardi, the editor-in-chief of the Daily Aztec, the student news publication of the San Diego State University. It's April 8th, so that means that we're eight days into the baseball season. The Chomp Pod will provide you with amazing analysis for the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland Athletics. But this is your friendly reminder that the Los Angeles Dodgers were the 2020 World Series champions. I was away on a mini birthday vacation, so here's some late news. The Suez Canal was liberated March 30th. Woo! This six-day blockade provided by the cargo ship, the Evergreen, has created traffic in the international sea trade. The aftermath of the blockade still has traffic in the canal. How does this affect you, fellow SF State Gator? I don't really know. I've just been thinking about this blockade a lot. With the spring break coming to an end all over the U.S., I hope you got some much-needed rest, you stayed socially distant, and that you didn't go to Florida. Here's some spring break news. The city of Miami went into a state of emergency as the city saw an influx of maskless partygoers. Across the nation, spring break wasn't held in every U.S. college. The National Public Radio reported that a majority of the colleges across the U.S. canceled spring break and instead replaced it with wellness days. A California State University is participating these days. It's San Diego State. Their next wellness day is April 15th. That's it for the news brief. We'll head on over to the main story. So I'm here with Brendan Tushinardi. You're the editor-in-chief for the Daily Aztec. And just for the listeners at Gator Talk, I want to get your perspective on San Diego State not having a spring break this year. How have you guys been doing about dealing with the pandemic overall too? Just kind of, I think... For me, it's been giving myself some grace and giving a lot of like my team the ability to have flexibility because it's really just so much change has happened in the past year, even in the past six months. Um, I think back in December, I, I didn't think we would be where we are today. It was looking pretty bleak. Um, so just kind of having that sense of like self-forgiveness and taking a step back and realizing like we're all going through something that's truly life-changing. Um, we'll remember it for years to come. So being able to take a step back and kind of just take pause, I guess. That's how I've, I've really been dealing with it. And hopefully my staff has kind of felt the same way that they have that opportunity. Um, so I think it, it really stems from the fact that since August, SUCU has had a very bad experience in terms of COVID-19 cases associated with the campus. Um, last I checked, first semester, there are over 2,000 associated with SDSU. And so I think looking back, the, the real reason why spring break even was an issue was because of that. Um, all eyes were basically on the school, um, especially in San Diego County, because um, for a while, the SDSU cases were threatening the county's status in the red tier. Um, 
So it's, it's really interesting to kind of see that dynamic play out in the lives of students. I think that was kind of the biggest issue that a lot of students had is why are we essentially being punished, even though it's not a punishment or like, why are we having to pay for the mistakes of administrators who didn't expect things to be as bad as they would be? So, so that's kind of like the, the broad context. I guess the, the more specific context would be like, so it, the decision to cancel spring break was made by the university senate, which is a, made up of faculty, staff, and a few student representatives. Um, and they actually tried to do it twice. So the first time um, Associated Students, which is SDSU's student government, was able to um, convince senators to vote against um, removing the spring break and kind of urge them to come up with a compromise that would give students the ability to have a break during the semester. And so that was back in November. Um, and then at the next Senate meeting, um, the university came to the table with this proposal to offer rest and recovery days that would be separate, um, but it would essentially be the same amount of time as a spring break, just split up into different days. So it's not nine consecutive, it's five spread out plus um, Cesar Chavez Day, which we already get off. And then they included the weekends in that too. And so they viewed it as an equal like trade for trade, but I think a lot of students didn't. And so that's really where the, the real sticking point is here. Like the university said, okay, we're, we're still giving you the same amount of time off. It's not spring break. Here you go. What, what essentially is like the student reaction to like coming back from a rest and recovery day? Um, I mean, I can only like really speak to my own experience specifically. Um, for me, they did nothing. I mean, it was basically just a kind of a, a three day weekend, similar to like how Labor Day or Memorial Day is, where it's like you, you're still thinking about school. I know a lot of students still had to work. Like it's not a, a, a true break from school or having to think about school. It's kind of just a, a tease almost. That's what it really felt like. Um, an extended Sunday, if you will. And so like, I think a lot of students are disappointed in the fact that it's not doing what they want it to do in terms of a relief and for schoolwork, but also mental health. Um, the past few weeks, it's, it's, for me, it's been daunting to think I have to keep doing what I'm doing without a break. It's like 16 weeks of uninterrupted instruction is, is not okay. It's really hard. Um, and like those, the nine consecutive days, they make a difference. I think I, like, I definitely am glad we have the rest recovery days. I'd rather have those than none. I think that's an important distinction is this is a good, it's a good compromise, but it could be better. Do you know if there's going to be any, uh, if there was any pushback this semester to restore spring break? So before winter break, um, Associated Students sent a letter to SDC President um, De La Torre about like essentially demanding spring break be reinstated and I haven't heard any like I didn't hear anything back about that she was supposed to respond by the end of the week and she didn't so it was kind of it just seemed like the decision was final regardless of how many students said they didn't like the decision how many over 15,000 people signed the petition so the the blowback was huge, but I think eventually 
students kind of just say, okay, well, they're not going to change their mind. We just have to live with it. But it is kind of resurfacing now. Um, this past week, we've been doing um, associate students' elections, and those voting starts next week. And that's it's kind of become a, a big thing in the campaigns. Um, how are candidates going to ensure that student voice is heard? Because obviously, the, the spring break decision is an example of students being um, ignored. And so it's interesting to see that dynamic. Um, at this point, I think it is what it is. They're obviously not going to give us back spring break. We've had a couple rest and recovery days already. So it would just be kind of pointless at this point. But yeah. Um, and not, um, and so I also have here your change.org, or I mean, not your, but the change.org to bring mm -hmm. back uh, spring break at San Diego State. Um, it's 16,308 have signed up. And oh. the goal for twenty five thousand, um, and I have one here. Someone saying R and R days will absolutely do nothing to actually give students a break from school. Do they actually care about making a solution for COVID cases? No. If they did, they would close down the dorms, but they would never do that because they will lose too much money for a second year. All they care about is money and their image. That makes it seem like they're doing this for the greater good of society. Um, and then they finish off like by saying, but in reality, they are screwing over each and every student. Um, it brings back like uh, a lot of the, um, I would say like COVID shaming uh, that happened like last year where um, mm -hmm. certain universities across U United States, including San Diego State had like, or even uh, UCSD had a lot of house parties and stuff. Um, would you say like it's just because of the lack of strict COVID uh, restrictions or rather just like there was no emphasis to keep students safe, you know, it was just like let go or be on your own. Mm -hmm. I think that there's kind of a two part answer to this. I think for on campus students, um, I think there are there are key things that point to why the surge in cases occurred at SCSU. One is that the university didn't require students to test negative before they moved in. And then they didn't require students to get tested until several weeks into the semester when they started their surveillance testing program. And like those are lessons they learned quickly, they adjusted. So props to the university for that. But I think in terms of the off campus population, there were, I, during my reporting it i kind of discovered that the university's hands were tied like they don't have much control over students living off campus in the college area um and i think that was kind of the the biggest frustration was like here the university is being blamed for students they can't control but they do control in a way and so i think the solution they found was okay we're just going to start um writing students up and they've issued I, I don't know the exact number but I know it's like over 2,000 um, disciplinary notices to students and so I think I don't know if necessarily that was the right approach either because then it's like very heavy-handed I think like I mentioned earlier like there's no guidebook there's no rule book this is unprecedented times and I think if you obviously there are some universities that handled it better than others so and I, I don't I 
I wouldn't feel comfortable like giving a definitive like grade, I guess, to SDSU, but I just say like there's a lot of information out there. And I think it's just do with it what you will. We're going to take a quick break. Support the Golden Gate Express work by signing up for our online newsletter, following us on Instagram or Twitter at GGX News, and visiting the website at goldengateexpress.org. Interested in advertising with GGX? Check out our advertising page at goldengateexpress.org slash advertising. It's like strange to hear that, yeah, like students weren't even given an option to, to have COVID tests or like mandatory weekly tests. Um, that's something I mm-hmm. came across uh, earlier this semester when students were moving in, how they're going to have a mandatory COVID testing. And I'm like, wait, this is really good. Like, why is this um, barely happening now? You know, <laughs> when uh, last semester mm-hmm. students were just told to go home or like they haven't been on campus since uh, March, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think what's been really interesting to see is comparing SDSU's plan to UCSD. And obviously, each university, they have completely different resources at their disposal. Um, the UC system has a lot more funding than the CSU, um, also more access to medical experts, just the fact that they have a medical school on campus. Um, but it, it, the, what shocked me the most is like, why wasn't that information kind of shared like they're developing these plans at the same time concurrently with the county with the state why wasn't there some overlap or general like here's how colleges are going to open universally like they have to test students before they can move in on to campus they have to have surveillance testing programs like looking back now that just kind of seems like common sense Mm -hmm. but i guess it wasn't at the time and I'm no expert either. Like, I won't pretend. What's something that um, you wish that other CSUs um, around California could get, uh, can know about just the R&R days? Just, you know, like something that our listeners, even at SS State, could listen, like, could know. Um, I think the lesson I've learned is really just lean into them. I, like, as hard as it is to kind of drop school and thinking about it for a day because it's not nearly enough um they're meant to be for rest and recovery so make sure to take advantage of it um i've struggled with it i i think for the next one i'm definitely gonna really buckle down and just like not look at canvas not even look at my email and just truly have a day of rest and recovery um obviously obviously it's not a nine-day spring break but it's what we have so that's my advice is just really take advantage of them as best as you can because it's all that we get. <laughs> I hope so. I, I am kind of tired of the COVID angle, I think, but it's, it's so hard to escape because it's literally what we hear about all day, every day. And it's, it's kind of just that cycle, like the COVID angle breeds the COVID angle. So I think like we're covering men's basketball right now and I wish we could just cover it as men's basketball, but it's like last year they weren't able to go to the tournament. And so that's something we have to address. Um, this year, there are a bunch of COVID pro- protocols that the team has to follow. And that's something we have to address. And so I think it'll, it'll be a while before the COVID angle goes away. Um, but I'm definitely, I, 
it's something I think about a lot is like, how can we kind of move beyond it? Um, because it is getting tired. Like, obviously things are virtual. We don't need to acknowledge that they're virtual. Like, but that's a good question. Honestly, I like that question. This is your segment where you can uh, like plug in anything that's going on. Like you could plug in your Twitter handle, um, any story you're working on too. Mm-hmm. If you want to get some pitches, maybe even from the Bay area, um, you know, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess follow me um, at Brendan underscore Tooch, that's T-U-C-C, on Twitter, Instagram. Um, also follow The Daily Aztec. It's at The Daily Aztec on Twitter and Instagram. And um, I'm actually heading out to Indianapolis tomorrow to cover the NCAA tournament, and so that's really exciting. Um, and so just keep an eye out for that coverage. And then... Just keep an eye out on the Daily Aztec. I think we have a lot of good plans, a lot of good things coming up, and it's exciting to be a student journalist right now. And I know, like, The Express has done great work. I know June, the photo editor. So just student journalists, follow a student journalist. That'll be the best thing you can do for yourself these days because the perspectives are so fresh, and um, it's kind of been so fun to watch us all evolve and grow in this time. And really learn. That's been the best part. The learning experience has been amazing. Brendan also got a chance to tell me that there's a new student fee that goes towards increasing mental health services on campus, as well as funding for identity centers on campus. At the time of the interview, the Daily Essex was also focused on covering the San Diego State University's men's basketball team as they made it to the March Madness. For the San Diego State listeners out there, I'm sorry you didn't get a spring break this year. I, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I hope that you're able to use these rest and recovery days to your full advantage. Um, I just hope that next year you do get a chance at a full break. And this was the episode. This is Sebastian Minovicelli, multimedia editor for the Golden Gate Express and your host for Gator Talk. New episodes will premiere Friday morning, so stay tuned.